Welcome to A Pint With Nature. Cheers, Sorrel. Ah, cheers, Al. And welcome to our podcast. Yeah, this is our uh, first ever episode, so welcome. And we thought it was only fitting to call our first episode our pilot episode. And as a result, today we are going to be talking about nature's very best pilots. That's right, birds. Yes, good old birds, eh? We see them everywhere. They are everywhere. You'll learn this throughout the different shows that we do. That Elliot and myself are actually quite avid birders. I mean, you say avid birders, but I think we struggle to name many birds outside of South Africa where we did our project together. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. So I, I have looked out the window several times in the UK and gone, I do not know what that is. It's a bird. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a good example, um, back in year two, Sorrel, you might remember when I was going to go and do a year off in the industry. Oh, yeah, and I, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I applied for a position um somewhere up north i, I won't say the, the name of the organization but just trust <laughs> For trust com- me when i say that they loved game and wildlife conservation <laughs> trust me when i say that um no i went for an interview there after getting through the first stages of the interviews uh, this was pre-covid times of course and i sort of pre-prepared and everything but what i still wasn't prepared for was when they turned around and said so British birds do you think you can name? Oh no. And there I am sat there in front of all of the sort of management team for this side. huge, you know, game and wildlife conservation uh, company. Uh, and trust me <laughs> when I say that I I did not have much to fall back on. I, I mean I, I said Robin. That's a that's pretty that's, Yeah, you know, but I mean that's one. you know as someone who wants to work with birds, uh I think most people in the UK could probably go, "Oh, that's a Robin." Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fair to say if they'd given me the job, I'd have been robbing them of a lot of money. Oh. Hey, I wouldn't have been worth their time. No, I said blackbird. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got uh, you got yourselves pigeons. Did you say male blackbird and female blackbird because they look different or not? Ooh. Wait, they look different? Oh, yeah. So, right, this is a good fact, actually, for all our UK listeners. If you uh, look out your window and you see a blackbird with an orange beak, that's a male blackbird. But you see one that's pretty much the same shape, but is brown and feathery. I was going to say feathery, but both of them have feathers. What do I mean? Speckly. Speckly, probably. Brown and speckly. <laughs> then that's the female. That's the female. So basically two birds in one. Two birds with one stone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Maybe that's where it comes from. Maybe that's where it comes from. <laughs> see, I've actually got an interesting uh, fact about Blackbird. Do you know the song Blackbird by the Beatles? No. You don't? I don't. Oh, come on, Sorrel. Well, sing, sing a little bit. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Spread your broken wings and learn to fly. All your life. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm almost, almost certain of wrong words just then. No, but, but that anyway, was... I mean, I get the idea. It's a song. It's, it, was, it, was a, it was a song on the White Album. Excellent album for any of our listeners out there. I love old school rock. <laughs> go go the Beatles go old school uh, rock and, it, so and there was this little unknown of a band called the Beatles and uh, some some guy called uh, Paul McCartney I think I think Sir Paul McCartney um, nice and his daughter went onto Desert Island Discs and uh, you know gave a list of the tracks that she would take onto Desert Island with her and she only gave one of her dad's songs and that was Blackbird by the Beatles oh. 
Oh, there you go. Well, that'll be a good uh, a good song to associate with this episode then. But right, because it's a nature show, we should probably not talk about hardcore rock uh, and should probably talk about go back to our birds. So talking about UK birds as they are, there's, a, there's actually way more than we realise. It's just that there's so many rare ones. I think that's the issue because you see common ones pretty much every day that would be the same ones. So you've got your, your sparrows, your different sort of tits. <laughs> Come on, mate. Bit no, of a chore. No, I'm sorry. Sorrel <laughs> does this every time. I've got a bird feeder out my window, and every single time without fail, he'll laugh at this sort of rubbish. <laughs> We've also got, you know, your robins, your your crows. But actually, that's that's a good point, actually. So our next door neighbours have we th- what we thought were crows living in their chimney. So every morning you'd see nine or ten crows fly out of their chimney, which is pretty cool to see but they aren't actually crows you dig a little deeper and they're jackdaws and you go well what's the difference and you look at two pictures of them and you it's very hard to tell so i think that's another issue with uk birds is that you've got loads that look quite similar and you've just got to sort of guess and hope that you're right there's a 50 50 in that case we have all the facts here people No, we can we can move away from UK birds because I guess we we should know them since we live there, but we don't. So we're just gonna have to put up with it <laughs> and move to well, yeah. Because when we first got our interest in birds, we were actually doing as as Elliot said, project in in South African Finbos, just outside of Cape Town, and the bird life there compared to the UK is is staggeringly diverse, isn't it? Yeah, I mean. Mainly the colours that I could I can remember of all the different birds, the sugar birds and the the double collared sunbirds, yeah, really yeah. really stunning. And I can remember sitting up hours having to count the number of birds we saw, and every single day just waiting for four o'clock when we knew that there was going to be that huge flock of sparrows flying up from the river, yeah, or from the from from the reservoir. Sorry. Starlings, right? Starlings. Was it starlings? I think it was starlings. Uh, see, I really know my yeah. birds. <laughs> <laughs> and we're sat there with those little counters and, you know, there's hundreds of them and we're just there going oh okay one two three four five six seven, eight, 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 eight. 127 yeah. <laughs> we had no idea we that had was... absolutely no clue no clue <laughs> but yeah the double collars going back to the double collared sunbird that bird was gorgeous wasn't it it had a sort of red collar and then sh- the shiniest sort of nice army green. It was a bit reminded me of like an old school Jaguar E type. And you go and you go, oh yeah, that's a that's a proper nice looking car. That was army green. And you think you'd say the same about the DC Sunbird. That's oh. that's a double collared, you know, <laughs> giving him nicknames as <laughs> avid birders. Oh yes, we know all the lingo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it's not just South African birds that someone I've looked at. We did a project as well on uh, New Zealand birds. Uh, I mean, the only difficulty with New Zealand birds is this is a pilot episode, and a lot of them don't really fly. Yeah, that is that is an issue, isn't it? They they seem to be something to do with con- uh, continental drift, right, or something. Meant that New Zealand. Come on, sorry, we know the facts here. We're biologists. Yeah. <laughs> so the New absolute, Zealand was yeah. so separated. Yeah. From. That- everything else and there was no mammals no mammals on new zealand other than i believe bats maybe bats. bats yeah 
Yeah, I'm going to have a look at this. Now, this is a good point to mention, probably, that, that Sorrel and I, we're not too strict about this sort of thing. We are very, very happy to search things as this podcast goes on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Richard Osman does it, doesn't he? And yeah, he's uh, yeah, exactly on, on Pointless. The, the guy from Pointless. He does it as it goes along. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a bit like Richard Osman. Yeah. The same height, aren't I? You are. He's, uh, yeah, you're only a couple of inches shorter, aren't you? Well, I'm 6'6". Six, six. How old? How tall is Richard Osman? He's it, Richard Osman is six foot seven. All right, all right, Richard, you're you're an inch taller. Than an inch? Is it just an inch? No, that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty close though. You could still try and have. You probably have him in a fight. I'd still have him. I'd still... <laughs> all right. To be fair, there are some more native native mammals than I thought, but they don't prey on birds. No, no, that was the key thing, isn't it? Yeah, they don't. The mammals. They basically the birds on New Zealand originally didn't have any predators so they didn't actually have to fly because a lot of it is to do is a defense tactic uh basically to have their nests in trees so that mammals can't reach them uh but if you if there's no predators then there's no need to fly so they basically lost the kept their wings but lost the ability to fly um and you get things like obviously everyone knows what people from new zealand are named after the famous flightless bird the kiwi there's five different species of kiwi, and sadly, due to lack of proper management, uh, several of those kiwi species uh, have been, in the past, critically endangered. Well, unfortunately, it doesn't stop at critically endangered, Sorrel, because a lot of the species in New Zealand have been wiped out. Um, um, I, can rem- I can remember learning about this in, uh, in our studies. Do you remember the Lyles wren? Do you remember that one? No, I don't. This was a it, it was a, a species of wren found on a, one island, one of the smaller islands sort of that surround New Zealand, and uh, a, a boat arrived on the shore, and uh, on this boat uh, there was one cat, one cat, and it was and it, it made its way onto this island and wiped out the entire population no of the entire wren, so it went extinct. No way, one cat by itself. One cat by itself. How many Which birds? Amazing. How many birds were there originally? There wouldn't have been that many originally then, or was that? Or does it make it worse? Was there about five thousand birds or something ridiculous? I have absolutely no clue. <laughs> Still, <laughs> but it's, for but one it's cat the... to wipe out an entire species is, and it's obviously New Zealand. That's the reason a lot of them are critically endangered, isn't it now? Because of invasive mammals that were brought over on ships. Yeah, well, it's not just it's not just the invasive mammals we bring over. We ourselves are also causing it. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Sorry, you'd know the name Kakapo. Yes. Yeah. The largest parrot in the world. Yeah. And uh, this is another example of a bird that just wasn't prepared for the arrival of people, basically. Travelers with who didn't care about nature and the impact they were leaving behind on a on a place, uh, basically, people from. Well, New Zealand was a former British colony, wasn't it? So basically, British people. We're on to number two, by the way, so... Oh, very nice. <laughs> yes, as you can probably tell by the can-opening noises and the gulping, that uh, sipping a few beers as we relax with nature, we invite you guys listening at home to do the same. Mm. Because the whole idea behind this podcast is to just get into the cool things about nature in a really relaxed manner. But you actually that you actually interrupted my point about the kakapo, so... Sorry, continue. (laughs) (laughs) No, the kakapo, when new people... What's the word I'm looking for? Colonizers. No. Yeah, yeah, when it was colonised. That's an excellent excellent word. When New Zealand was colonised, you know, by... Who who colonised New Zealand? It was us, wasn't it? It was the Brits. Was it? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. The, the issue they brought was that the kakapos were such inquisitive birds that actually all you needed to do was sort of hide behind a bush and then just sort of like pop your head out in front of a kakapo and it would sort of, it would sort of notice you and it would come waddling over and then, you, you know, you duck back down again. And then when it's close enough, you just sort of bash it over the head and sort of take it. They were, again, they were so sweet and so innocent they, that, you know, a nearby kakapo would, would spot his friend missing and would go, where's, where's Graham gone? <laughs> would come waddling over towards the bush to try and find his friend and, and it, you know, bash him over the head and, you know, take him and then, Keith? Keith, where, Keith, where have you gone? Oh, you know the next no, bird. So the other. It was just so so easy, and and they were such slow birds that it was just easy to get them. And of course, flightless. Yeah, flightless is the big thing, isn't it as well, though? Yeah, yeah. And so I mean, I'd be very curious, but I, I mean, I'm sure the kakapos up there for the slowest birds on the planet. Mm. You know, well, at, le- at least at least penguins can swim fast. Yeah, they waddle slow, don't they? But they but they swim fast, and I think that that means that they are they do all right. There's that one island uh, in the, I think it's the South Georgia Islands, where the emperor penguins go. And on this one island, there's half a million of them in this breeding season. So you can tell that they've done all right compared to the kakapos. It's quite astounding the numbers you see on on images and videos of these penguins on these islands. But yeah, a bird that can swim, which is, you know, a different sort of pilot, because it's not navigating the air, it's navigating the ocean, isn't it? And that's a... So most importantly, we're staying on topic. Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring it back around. I'm, just very, I'm very curious as to how many kakapos are actually left now. I know that they've had a recovery recently. Yeah, they. what they did with the kakapos was they put several populations on these really far out islands, on uh, these really small islands that are part of New Zealand, but far from the mainland. And they basically set them up as reserve sanctuaries for these kakapos because they they needed our help because exactly of what you said, right? They were inquisitive and so slow that we ba- we basically had to set up sanctuaries for them away from everything else which is nice at the same time because we're looking after them but quite sad that that's the that's what we've had to resort to 209 is that all that's left 209 adults wow living at the moment. see that's nothing is it compare that to the half a million penguins you go well that's well mm. but i mean if these are some of the, the slowest we're thinking of what's the fastest i mean the peregrine falcon yeah is that is you know well known as being the fastest yeah but see my issue is with this everyone says you search it and you'll probably get peregrine falcon as your result right but what he's going 200 miles per hour falling because they dive right that's how they reach those speeds they just go in a straight line down that's not necessarily 186 miles per hour 186 see that's fast right that is fast but gravity is basically doing it right They're, they're not flying they're not using their wings they're just falling in an aerodynamic shape. So I wonder what the fastest actual bird is flying, how we imagine what flying looks like. Well, it's very funny you should ask that, Sorrel. Oh. Because I, I, I know you so well, I just knew you were going to ask that question. <laughs> and I can tell you that unofficially, the white-throated needle tail. Oh, well, unofficially, which, though. What does, unofficially. What does that even mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it means that people claim it. <laughs> And supposedly there have been tests to prove it, but actually none of these were published. Right. So people have been said, using methods, that it is able to travel 170 kilometres an hour in horizontal flight. That is, that's still, that is fast, but... Unverified. Unverified. (laughs) Unverified. (laughs) I mean the name of the bird. You say, what's the name? Needle? Needle tail. Needle tail. straight away, that's, that makes you think aerodynamic. It does. That it? makes That's a fast shape, a needle. 
Yeah. And of course, when you're designing, you know, if you're designing a bird, the first thing you've got to think is you've got to make it aerodynamic. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you, yeah. Look, you look at sort of engineering in general in the human yeah. world, yeah. and you look at the sort of the fastest carrier plane, the Concorde. Yeah. If yeah. you look at it, its wings are designed in a, in, in a way similar to these sorts of... of these birds. sort of shapes that we're talking about. Yeah. You say sort that... Bending well, backwards. My, uh, my granddad was actually an engineer on Concorde. Was he really? He was. He was. He's, uh, he's got loads of the Concorde turbines from the engines back at home from when... Obviously, when they started getting rid of all the bits when it was put out of commission. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's just the, the noise it makes and the speed that it goes is quite a fascinating feat of engineering. But it's based, on, it's based on bird shapes, right? It's based on those aerodynamic shapes. Yeah. I actually, I actually not long ago visited a Concorde. Oh, really? Um, at a museum in Scotland, the, the Scottish Aviation Museum, the National Scottish Aviation Museum, I think it is. Right. Really good museum if you get the chance to go there. Um, and they had a Concorde there. And I, I can sort of, I mean, it's, it's amazing seeing it. Um, but the one fact from this place that I can remember really sticking with me is that, uh, you, you know the band Madness? Oh, yeah. And you know who the main singer is? Suggs. I can picture him. I don't know him on a personal level. Apparently, he claims to have the longest golf pot of all time Uh, because he set up a hole down the aisle of the plane and he potted down the aisle of the plane. And it took about, you know, I don't know, two seconds, three seconds for it to reach the hole. But of course, in that time, the Concorde had travelled hundreds of miles. Or you know, I, mean, I might be exaggerating. But yeah, I think it was, I was, it was pretty quick. The Concorde. Yeah. See, then again, that's that arises another issue, doesn't it? Does you know, does that count? You'd get professional golfers coming on here and saying, "No," uh, and we will. Yeah. <laughs> when we do, when we do that golf next episode. week with Tiger Woods. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for our Tiger episode. Actually. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that would be good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> get his number <laughs> next week it's richard osman <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i think i can i think i can count that just for the uh the imagination really well i bet you can't claim any world records Sorrel. no no not, not that not that comes to mind immediately if, if, if you thought you were going to be world's best at something what do you think that would be oof podcast making oh <laughs> very true sir very true sir. <laughs> But actually, it's getting uh, time to nearly end this podcast. First of all, we want to introduce a, a regular segment that we're going to do at the end of each show. And this is Fact Off, which is a final competition between Sorrel and myself, where we will share, of course, nature-based facts related to the topic of each episode. And we're going to see who can come up with the best fact. So, I, I'm a gentleman, Sorrel. How I, are I, I'll you? let you are go you? first. Yes. Okay, here we go. Start of this battle. Right. I'm going to throw a fact your way, Elliot. Are you ready? I was born ready. Let's go. Pilot whales. I see what you did there. Yeah. I see I see what you did there. Here we go. Here we go. So, although they're called whales, they are actually dolphins. And they are okay. the second biggest dolphin in the A- world. After the orca, I assume? After the orca. That's another side fact. Okay. So I'll give you two facts in one. The killer whale is a dolphin and also the biggest. It's an okay, it's an okay fact, Sorrel. I thought I'd throw a different, a different approach. No, I like the approach. I like the approach. But how about this? 
obviously albatrosses have to fly very, very long distances. But did you know that whilst travelling at 25 miles per hour, albatrosses can actually sleep whilst they fly? Okay, he's starting to bring, starting to wind us up, are you? Bringing out the big guns. Oh yes, literally the biggest albatrosses, biggest wingspan of any bird. There you go. Well, that's quite interesting, actually. And there's another fact for you. Yeah, <laughs> two, two for the price of one. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's that's quite fascinating, actually. How do they do that? Uh, well, I think because they're large wings, they are basically able to glide. Right? Oh, so I see. Depends, so they can just sort of switch off. Depends whether you count it as flying. I do mm. know that other species of bird have been seen flying up to very, very great heights and then doing a sort of slow spiral down, which is basically them sleeping and catching sleep. Oh, wow. And then when they get too close to the water, they'll uh, wake up again and, and repeat. So there you go. There you go. Ah. There bird sleeping if you didn't know before now you know yeah wow right okay i'm gonna have to up my game with this one then that was a that was a big starter from you all right i can i think i can outdo it though so we're going to keep this rolling there is a type of bird it's called the bobo link it's about the same size as your average uk robin and it can travel four thousand miles when it migrates right and how it does this is it has magnetic iron needles in its top beak that can basically direct it north like a compass. So because the magnetic field of the Earth is more concentrated at the North Pole and the South Pole, it can use the needles in its beak to basically guide it like we would use a compass. Now that is... Ooh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That is something. That's pretty cool. I mean, I mean the beak, I guess, sort of like... Is it, you know, the needle, you get in the compass and it points you in the direction? Yeah, pretty so much acting the same. So maybe, the, the, yeah, it's the exact same with the bird. That's yeah. The whole body, like, contorts. Yeah, yeah. Act as that, yeah. Yeah. The, the beak at the end, yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a good one, Cyril. That's good. But I, I have found one here especially for you. Oh, go on. I, I think you're going to love. I really do. Bassian thrushes, which is a, a small sort of brownish bird, find their food by farting. Okay. All right. Okay. What? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Pretty crazy. I mean, how does that work? Well, let's see if you can figure it out. What do you reckon? Can the chemicals? Oh no! You're so far off. So okay. Far off. I'll just. I'll just tell. Put you. me out my misery. The excretion of gas shifts the leaf litter on the ground, and apparently it provokes worms to sort of move no around way. and uh, show where their location is. No way. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Wow. Pretty cool. Wow. And, and you, you mean, you know, so like us to bring in a farting fact into an episode. Yeah. <laughs> that so, is, well, yeah. I mean... I'm, you're going to struggle You're gonna struggle to top that one. I think I'm going to have to, I think I'm going to have to retire. I think I really? am. Really? Yeah, I think I am. I've I think, had one more fact all, ar arranged as well. See, you, look at you, oh, look I, at I, you, coming in this I, week strong. I know, can I just tell the last fact, because I think you're going to love this one. Are you really out? I don't think I can beat that. Okay. I don't think I can. Did you know ostriches have the largest eyes, not just of any land bird, but of any land animal. An ostrich's eye is five centimetres, which is in fact bigger than the ostrich's brain. Wow. To give you a comparison, an elephant's eye is only about 3.8 centimetres. That's something else, isn't it? It's about the size of a billiard ball, which would be a really good way of making you know, snooker more interesting. Using, using the ostrich's <laughs> eyes. <laughs> you, you, put the, you, you know, use, use the eyes sort of as, as the actual balls. And then you actually have a, a, an ostrich 
with its long neck as the cue. Oh, <laughs> that's there you go. That's it. Getting your money's worth out of the ostrich there. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we have invented ostrich snooker. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, you ended with two facts there. To I had some measly ones, I think, in comparison to your end one. So I think well, you've. Well, I uh, just hope you'll, you'll you'll step your game up. Sorry. I'm gonna have to step my game up next episode, aren't I? That's uh that's one nil. We'll keep we'll keep count of these scores, and that's one nil to Elliot. Well done, my friend. Well done. I'd love to say that was soul clapping, but that was me. <laughs> clapping himself. <laughs> of course. Of course. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Yeah, thank um, you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed in. our first episode. And from now on, I think we've decided, Sorrel, that we're going to name each of our episodes after a different kind of alcohol. We are. Alcoholic beverage. Expect a drink of a certain variety and a chat about nature that is linked with that drink of that certain variety. So. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>